Hello, and welcome to Carefully Taught, teaching musical theater with Maddie and Kiko. A podcast to discuss musical theater pedagogy and to create a community of sharing amongst musical theater educators. Feel free to email us at carefullytaughtpodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at carefullytaughtpodcast. Uh, I was thinking on my bike right over here that you know, one of the best parts about this podcast and doing this, you know, regularly is just having an excuse to connect because, um, you know, life gets so busy that it feels like mm-hmm. you kind of have to have these standing meetings with friends in order to uh, to feel like, you know, what the heck is going on with their lives. Otherwise, you blink and it's been six months since you talked to somebody. It is so true. And I'm not sure. I mean, it's partly our jobs it's sort of what we do but it's age it's like (laughs) i think i i think that's something to to say and i think um you know covid and just distance right so like we've gotten used to um the community becoming what you want it to be right so I'm going to say no to this, to these things. And I'm going to say yes to these things. It just feels very compartmentalized for some reason. So yes, it's, it's, it's age. It's our jobs. For me, it's definitely the kids. I, I am the, the per, I am the type of person. I am such a, such an interesting chapter in my life in that I may have said this to you before, but I, I am socially anxious i am an introvert but i'm also somebody who's who's got extroverts needs <laughs> like mm. I, I need community it fills my cup in a way that nothing else does um and but at the same time uh, it causes me anxiety so like that's that's a bad situation um so like that's why i'm the type of person you know that will just send texts like hey thinking about you and hope you have a great day because that's that's the type of human being I want to be. But like, that's different than like having an in-depth conversation about what the heck you did over the summer. Um, right. Which I'm really excited to have with you. Um, how was your summer? You, you had a trip to New York, you did some vacations, you grew a beard. So much. For those of you who are just listening to the podcast, my beard is Tevia big. Um, but it is, it is about to be shaped. I think this is something, uh, you know, I go through, through beard phases. Um, there's sort of a, somewhat of a reminder that I have testosterone in there somewhere. I think that that's part, partly it. Um, but then once I get to September, I'm like ready to, um, to start new and to, to shave it. So yes vacations so fun new york so good um living in philadelphia getting to getting to know and um, find my place here and then beard growing that is that is (laughs) so did you get a chance because in your job as interim dean um i imagine the work doesn't stop over the summer did you have a second to breathe uh and focus on yourself and your marriage and all of that other important stuff yeah, I think um, I love this question, and I've I've been asked it a couple times lately, and I've thought about it because it is a twelve month position. But what I think is important about it is that even through the work that I've 
done and completed this summer, I have found that balance. I have found that like, oh, I'm going to um, take this yoga class. I'm going to like meditate today. And, and it's more of a model for what I'm looking forward to throughout the rest of the year. It's like, I don't understand why we treat summer like it's this thing on a shelf. Like I'm trying to bring summer with me all year. Like, great. It's Tuesday. Great. It's a dinner with friends. It's a small little weekend trip because I think otherwise, um, it can be, feel very, uh, a lot you could feel very bogged down is what i was thinking of yeah um, well i mean thanks to climate change i think you can take summer with you all <laughs> <laughs> it's 110 degrees outside here in chico so oh my gosh oh yeah. my gosh so <laughs> tell me about you i know you went on a couple trips lots yeah. of family time lots of family time we did a, a a long weekend in tahoe with just jamie and the kids and i which when your kids are two and a half and four and a half, that just means that you get to use the swimming pool at the hotel that you're staying at, which was super yes. fun actually. Um, <laughs> and uh, so we did that, you know, we, there was the big trip to New York that I did that we talked about at the end of our previous semester season, um, which was like, uh, was so good. It was so nice. It was, um, I left the kids and, and Jamie at home uh, David Coolidge, uh, from our best friends episode, met me there for about half of it. I had gone to see between the lines with, you know, all of our friends that from the a previous episode, funny enough, I saw, uh, nine shows and between the lines wasn't one of them because of COVID. No. Yeah. I had initially bought tickets for the Wednesday matinee and it was canceled because of a COVID outbreak in the cast. So then I got tickets for the Saturday matinee. It was canceled because of a COVID outbreak in the cast. And then I had tickets for the Sunday night show and it was canceled. So I never actually said I got to see Elisa and uh, and Kate in person. Um, Tim was actually out of town those days. I saw Jody, too, uh, and got to, to visit with them. But I never actually got to see the show. But I don't know if you heard they're pro shooting it. So I am going to. Oh, yeah. It. Yeah. So I was just going to say that is so awesome. I'm yeah, so and, glad that they're doing that. And you saw it. I got a chance to see it. Yeah, yeah. I um, went up with my husband to do a uh, Broadway, off-Broadway day. We did one day to see Beetlejuice um, with the amazing Alex Brightman and all. That's its own little story because there were lots of uh, swings on for the very first time that day, several Broadway debuts. Very cool. And then the second day we did an off-Broadway day where we started with Between the Lines and um, absolutely loved it. Uh, if we happen to get this podcast out before they close, uh, go and see it. But if not, of course, the pro shop's coming. And then we follow that up with Titanic, which is the Celine Dion's retelling of her adventures on the Titanic. See, and I feel like I feel like that show is right up your alley. Did, 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 that, did you enjoy that? That seems like the perfect blend of silliness and diva and like, everything that is oh yeah yeah oh yeah it was we had such a good time we truly didn't know what to expect and i you know i will say even purchasing the tickets like clicking the buttons i just thought i want to have like a ridiculous experience and this feels like that's it like i want to <laughs> i really i just i don't even know what this is i didn't want to know anything before going in and i'm glad i didn't and it just was so dumb and <laughs> 
fun. And like, <laughs> it was exactly what we were looking for. Like yeah. the kind of like deep belly laughing that you can't even describe. So I, I'm not going to go on to do that. But like, if it, if that is also still open, it's definitely worth um, a trip to the Asylum NYC, which is the name of the theater. Mm -hmm. So on my trip, I got to see um, A Strange Loop the night that I arrived. And coincidentally, Michael R. Jackson was sitting two rows behind me. And that made it for, I mean, it's an incredible show. It's such an important piece of theater. I know that you saw it when it was doing its pre-Broadway run. Um, and it's it challenges the audience in a, in, a, in a way that I've never seen a musical do. Um, but being able to sit within a few feet of the person who created it and every so often looking over my shoulder to watch him watch his show, which is about, I mean, he says it's not 100% autobiographical, but it is based on his experience, you know, uh, creating a musical. That made it come to life for me in an even more thrilling way. Like what? I, I just felt so lucky to be able to see it, period. But then to see it with him sitting over my shoulder was just incredible. Um, so cool. That yeah. is so cool. This is really neat. And so I, so I saw Strange Loop. I saw the company revival, um, which I thought was a really interesting uh, new take on the show. Uh, I, I saw it with Coolidge. He was less he, – he's a, a lot more – connected to the original material and because of that be the original production um and the male identifying bobby because of that you know he was like well it was neat i don't need to see that again and i i had the experience where i'm like well if i ever work on this show this is the version that i want to do i was way bought into bobby's journey um and every single performance in that show was strong like you know patty and matt won the tonys and everybody's talking about them but i just thought everybody was great um, so I saw that. We saw Billy Crystal and Mr. Saturday Night and my my college buddy Shoshana Bean, which was amazing. I mean, I for some reason that was like a really powerful, nostalgic experience that it was an old fashioned show with a comedian who I grew up watching. And one of my best friends from undergrad was playing his daughter. And I was sitting in this Broadway theater where I saw Rent. And I was like, I don't know, like. It was so many different worlds. I found myself longing for my grandparents who have passed away. I was like, they would think this is so cool. And, and, uh, and, and the comedy was fun. David just cackled through the whole thing. He just, it was right up his alley too. So we just had a blast. Um, then I saw the Winnie the Pooh uh, show off Broadway, which was really interesting. So I love cute. Puppets. It's so cute. Um, I saw Moulin Rouge, which I sat in the second row of and was like a little overwhelming sensory overload there. Um, I saw six, which really knocked my socks off. I really, really loved it. Um, then I saw Beetlejuice and uh, enjoyed it so much more. It was a last minute thing because I was supposed to go and see the matinee of Between the Lines. Um, it was canceled. I walk over to TKTS and it was up there for 50% off. So I, and I was like, well, let's see that. It seems like a show like that would be right up my alley that I would direct at some point. So I, and I loved it. Uh, and then I saw Hades Town, and then I went to a Yankee game. Um, so it was like kind of the perfect trip. I just loved it all. 
I should do it every year. It's so hard at being in California, getting out to the East Coast to do it. I know that you're just a hop, skip, and a jump away, but you know, it. I will say towards the end of the trip, it was a little overwhelming. I got a little bit fatigued. I was missing my kids. It was nice to have some autonomy, I will say that. Um, and uh, But it, uh, you know, like maybe next time I'll go for a few days less and try to go more often or something. But the trip itself, like just flying out there is such an investment <laughs> to try to create oh, yeah. as much as I could. Um, I mean, even, uh, uh, yes, it is a hop, skip, and a jump for me, but it still is, you have to really think through it like how i'm gonna take the train or i'm gonna drive and then when am i staying the night there are we just is it the show and come home i mean there's lots of little little kind of decisions but it is it is a little bit more convenient um and i am much more inspired this academic year to just go a little bit more often so that i don't have that same feeling of oh i gotta try to fit it all in one yeah, and speaking of this academic year, you know, this is your second year in this position, right? Okay, so yep. um, you, your experience this year is totally different. I mean, talk about that. You you are teaching a class and directing a show? Question yeah, one. that's right. Yeah, that's right. I am uh, teaching a musical theater performance class. This is the, like, rep book building class, which is sort of my sweet spot as a teacher because uh when i was performing i found um i just found this so difficult when teachers were saying to me like oh but you need this song or you need that song so i sort of love being the like the point of entry into taking um material and like really funneling it through that particular human experience and and it culminating in the creation of um, not just a, a, a physical book, but a digital experience, like, uh, uh, you know, I, I, it's one of my big things that like, if I were to pick up your book in the middle of a room and no one else was there, I should be able to see exactly whose book mm. this is based on like, just the feeling of it, the essence, the colors of the book, the table of contents, whatever, you know, and, um, so I just, I take this very seriously and I'm very excited about that. And in the spring, um, I'll be directing and choreographing a production of You're in Town, um, which I'm super excited about. I've done it one time before and um, I have just been waiting for the opportunity for it to come back around to me because um, I am a different human being from the first time I directed it. So do you have dates on that yet? Because I really am wanting to come out and see it. Yes. Yes. And I'm like. I'll, I'll tell you later. I'll tell you yeah. later. We'll talk about it on the show for sure. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Because I, I uh, as I think I've talked about before, definitely with you, I can't remember if we were had press record or not. You're in Town is one of those shows that I've never connected to. I've seen it three times, including the original Broadway production. Um, and when I think about it in theory, it is all things me. <laughs> it is, mm -hmm. it is silly. It is anti-establishment. It, it, you know, all of the things that I love, but I just haven't seen a production that has made me fall in love with it yet. So not to put any pressure on you, but this is its last chance. I'm going to come out and see your production. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad it'll be so fun. So tell me about, you just produced the music of tomorrow, this live streamed yesterday. I had a chance to um, watch a lot of it. I did not watch every single second of it, but I watched a lot of it and I thought it was really great. Tell me how we, how we got there. Tell me how um, you 
where you got the idea. Thank you for watching Summit. I really do appreciate it. If you get a chance, it's still posted on the YouTube live event link. So if you want to watch the end, I do give a speech at the end that about the future of musical theater. I don't know if you caught that part or not, but uh, I would love for you to check it out. Um, yeah, so, you know, I, 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 we were talking before we pressed record. I do this to myself. It's been a perfect like there's been a perfect storm this first two weeks of class. It's not just starting class, but I was having auditions where I'm directing cabaret this semester. Um, and so we cast the show and started rehearsals, had a COVID outbreak in our department. Um, I'm, you know, teaching the first two weeks of class, which is foundational. And I decided to produce this, um, this new works concert. So, um, you know, it all came about because at the end, so it's sort of a long story. I don't know if the, this is, you're going to find this interesting or not, but buckle up. Um, so the show that we were working on um, at Chico State in February and March of 2020 was in the Heights. And I had a couple of my Usnavi and my Nina were both sophomores. So they are now, uh, th they were seniors at the end of last year. Both of them have decided to stay on for an extra semester because they miss so much of not having classes like movement, say, in person, you know, doing it online. So they've, they've both opted to stay an extra semester. And at the end of last semester, the very last assignment that they did, uh, they were singing a contemporary musical theater song. And Jesse, who is my student, Mundo, by the way, is the other student who our listeners know. Um, Jesse sang Breathe, and it was really moving to me, and, and it's still very fresh that we, and, and, and um, sensitive, ten, I, I feel a tenderness towards that show and towards those students who never got to perform it, because so rarely do my students who identify as members of the global majority get to perform roles that were written for them by people like them and for that show in particular never to come to fruition it's really heartbreaking and so i was watching her sing this song and and as as class ended i was just like i need to find more opportunities for my students i mean i was already aware of this but like i felt an urgency to find a, a song find opportunities for my students to sing songs that more closely aligned with how they identify so i decided to create a a concert of new works and uh, thanks to the help of um, Rose uh, who are many of our listeners knows because she's associated with MTEA and Alicia Hauser the next uh, uh, MTEA president who is the facilitator of the new works initiative and then some some of my own contacts I was able to put together about an hour of music uh, all of whom the people the composers have never appeared on Broadway, so it really is the next generation of musical theater composers. And nearly all of them identify as members of historically marginalized communities who have, not, have yet to be included in the musical theater canon. And I was able to put together this song list and then cast students, they auditioned, cast students whose identities those creators' identities connected with and aligned with. We had a couple of really incredible um, trans writers. We had a number of members of the LGBTQ plus IA communities, or IA plus communities. We had several female identifying creators. We had uh, several members of the global majority. We had a song written by a person, an, indig an indigenous um, composer written for an indigenous 
character who was, and it was performed by, I got getting goosebumps saying this, but it performed by uh, an indigenous identifying actor. Um, and he'd never seen his song performed by anybody other than him before. So um, uh, it was a really, really empowering and exciting day, to be honest. And what we did was we didn't just perform it for a live audience, which was powerful, but we also, um, my colleague in the recording arts department, uh, which is, well, program, which is connected to the Department of Music and Theater, his office is a couple doors down, he live streamed this whole thing so that these composers that we found who were from around the country uh, could see their material perform. Like I said, several of them had never seen these songs or heard these songs performed by anybody other than them singing it on their demos. Um, so it was also neat because of how clearly inspired and empowered the students were to work on this material. Um, it, was, uh, it, was, it was just really neat and I'm really proud of it. And I'm exhausted and I'm glad we did it, but I'm also glad that it's over because now I've got my first staging rehearsal for Cabaret today and I can start focusing on the next thing. Um, but we, I'll, I'll post the, uh, the link. If anybody wants to watch it, I can post the link to the event. Since it was live streamed, the recording is still available on the YouTube link, and I can put that in the uh, show description today because um, there's some really great songs and, and people, p creators who deserve the opportunity to have more and more of their work performed. So I don't know. What was your experience uh, for, for, for the parts that you were able to watch? What was the yeah was yeah I um I was moved by two things one those the little interludes of them speaking about their own experience like I mean I'm even getting goosebumps talking about it but I found that I thought it was just going to be like song 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 and I actually loved that it was like a direct address of their experience or their desire for the for the new world for the for the next world um i found that to be super inspiring and i found myself because i i watched basically i'm about 45 minutes into it so i i think i might yeah. be right before your speech yeah but um i found myself sort of hearing a song thinking oh you know what i got this like i know exactly who all these composers were and then realizing oh wait and so i had to go to the digital program to be like wait who oh oh okay okay yeah. this is barlow and bear oh okay this is i just i found that that to be a fun part about it even for those that think they know what these songs might even be from it was yeah. cool to just hear different styles different voices um your students are very talented oh, and yeah you should be very proud they should be thanks. very proud thanks yeah barlow and bear were, were the that's the biggest name i mean grammy award winners but Daniel Mertz left, who who was really one of the made bus drivers on the Ratatouille uh, TikTok musical and the Thanksgiving musical that he created on TikTok. Uh, he gave us a couple of songs. Um, there there were some really wonderful people, um, and uh, one one woman that I just found because she popped up on my TikTok. We're back to TikTok again, but like. Um, Elisa Payne, who I've just become obsessed with on TikTok, she writes these little comic songs. She's a recent graduate from the Boston Conservatory as a performer and like just writes these quirky little songs. And I, I just sent her a message. I was like, can I include you in this concert? And she's like, well, I have to write out the sheet music, which I've never done before. And so she did. So oh my gosh, really that is so cool. Yeah. So and, cool. And as we've talked about before, New Works has got to be a part of all of our programs because it's just, yeah. it's an entirely different 
skill set or experience than having a slime tutorial or a um, a cast recording to like learn a show from to create create material from from new i i think uh we've all got to we've all got to figure out ways to do that as if we need more work to do I will say, I mean, what's interesting about this, because, you know, we've talked about this several times, University of the Arts is connected very closely through our Polyphone Festival and through other projects we do throughout the year. Um, And it is not just a, we should do this to do it. It's like, we're seeing practical, like, uh, you know, we're seeing relationships being made. Um, Students of ours getting cast in the next step or even in the next, um, a different, completely different project Projects, with yeah. these composers or directors. So it's like, it's it, it sort of feels like um, for some reason, these walls have been up to the outside and it like, it is all of our jobs, more importantly, to take those walls down and to plug in uh, with the industry yeah. um, because you just never know what's gonna happen or spark. It's a win-win on so many levels um, because these creators, are hungry to, to, to see their work done and to, you know, to have workshops or readings or even full-scale productions of musicals that have not yet seen the light of day. They, they need it for their process. Our students need it for their learning experience. Like you said, the networking and, and the, the opportunities to connect with, with people in the industry, it's real life uh, opportunities do present themselves. It is a lot of work because it it takes a certain level of research and a certain it's not like me directing cabaret which i've directed two other times and i've studied in musical theater history for for i mean it it is a lot of work but you know it's one of the things i'm excited about with mtea and this new works initiative that they are uh we i should say we are creating um because they're trying to help build that bridge so even more of those walls that you just referenced can come down more and more yeah, I think um, there is, we have a, a, a new kind of student and a new, I don't mean new kind, I mean a student that is asking for uh, different kinds of opportunities. And so like, I see the benefit of working on a production like Cabaret. Of course, this is like pivotal, like landmark production. Yeah. And I can see how a student who just two weeks ago or a week ago was working on new material then approaches what Candor and Ebb did, right? Like, but why can't we look at this more traditional material through a new lens? How can mm-hmm. we see it in a new way? Yeah. And you only gain that skill by picking up a piece of sheet music you've never seen before. And um, I also think the biggest lesson that I'm inspired by is the fact that you're just like cold calling or cold <laughs> DMing yeah. these people. Like, that's what's so, I love that, where you're yeah. just like, hey, Come on our podcast or hey can i you include your music in a a group of new musical theater composers like yes you can that's so I, awesome i did do that and i guess the previous shout out still still holds i mean rose and um elisa were like amazing at helping with that so like um yeah but anyway um did that so very cool have you started classes where are you at we have we have we just completed our first uh week first full week of school so we began the friday before my gosh i don't have a calendar in front of me but we are we had a it culminated in a what we have 
uh, what we call a convocation, an opportunity for everyone to be in the same space together. So it's a series of announcements, but it's also some live performances. And um, we we celebrate the um, the student groups that are in progress building and uh, the productions that are happening this year, the play Everybody, and we're also doing Head Over Heels directed by um, best friends episode jacob brent <laughs> and um the great and i actually i loved this episode already so much because we referenced all of our previous uh, <laughs> Everyone. Yeah. guests in some form or fashion um but right it's and it was just it was this awesome experience of a week because with that convocation we were able to just like release this valve and say like let's party like let's have a good time this year um so at the very, very end, it ended with a little one song dance party to Dancing Queen from Mamma Mia. Like it was just this moment of like, here we go, full disco ball, let's make it happen. Um, and it was just like permission to build community, permission to be with each other, to really be with each other, to listen, to learn. Um, and also just, you know, we're doing all of the work and and we're also having a good time which is great so as as we are getting this year started i mean we talked about the class that you're teaching and the show that you're directing is there is there anything else uh whether it's personal or professional that you're you're looking forward to as we're we're starting this next chapter oh yeah um so i'm sure you'll hear us talk about the musical theater educators alliance conference uh, which will which be happening planning. in January, and which I am planning. Um, <laughs> it's a lot. It's always been a lot of work, but this is going to be the first time since I've been the vice president of conferences that this experience will be in person. Uh, the previous two have been digital or I am in person and we're streaming to the world. Um, so we're really looking forward to it. Um, for those educators that are out there who are interested in joining us for it, we will be at Open Jar Studios in New York City, really right in the middle of Times Square um, for the three-day conference, January 4th, 5th, and 6th. So you will hear us talk about, I think, this oh, yeah. semester, this season, the, the special guests that are going to come, some panels or um, presentations or workshops that we're hoping to feature and yeah it happens pretty quick and it's it's very fun um i know i'm excited about it i have not bought my ticket to fly out there yet but jamie and i will both be out there we've already got tickets with you to see Anne juliet which is the show i'm most excited about this season there's some other stuff that i'm really want to see this revival of merrily um that's mm -hmm. happening off i really want to see that too uh, there's a, there's actually a lot of stuff, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. Jamie and I is gonna Jamie and I are gonna go out uh, and and check it out and um, yeah I think it's it's gonna be really nice to do another one of those in person. Um, yeah. The thing that I have always loved about that particular organization is just the community and the spirit of the community. And while I think we've done a pretty good job of taking care of each other the last two and a half years. Um, my hope is that being able to see you in person and all so many of the other uh, members who I just adore, um, I'm really, I'm really hoping, I'm really looking forward to that because I know it's gonna 
fill my heart in a, in a way that I, I need. Um, yeah. So, I mean, can you believe it? We haven't seen each other since pre-COVID. That is correct. Isn't that true? <laughs> that is correct. For one second, I thought, did I see you in Sacramento? But I didn't. So no, that, that is was, correct. There was something, I don't remember what happened, but something came up with the kids. I wasn't able to go down. We had planned it. Um, yeah. But like, and that's not just true for this relationship. That's true for most of my dear friends in MT. I mean, Coolidge was a different thing because we did this New York thing for a couple of days. But um, I, I mean, I just there's so many people I'm looking forward to hug in person. Yeah. I think that's it. What's so fun, and you're you're definitely touching on the importance of this of it being in person. I I always think of how I joined the organization. It was part of, you know, kind of ingrained into the San Diego State um, University MFA for musical theater landscape. And and so to me, what we're, we've been missing, that in-person new blood, that new energy coming in. Um, and so I'm just excited about that. You, you talking about this made me go, oh, I'm so excited to see you. And I'm also excited to like, just welcome people who haven't been uh, with us or a part of this and who may have their first jobs now and need um, and need the conference and need to be in community with other people um, who are also experiencing the same thing. I think that's the, the, my, the thesis statement here is that <laughs> it's so nice being with people who have been in similar situations, um, tenure review, uh, first time teaching this class or that class, um, you know, uh, running a program, right? Like that, this is the target audience of, of the conference so that we can be together, we can learn together, and then we can go and like watch a show together. Totally. So um, <clears throat> we didn't plan who was going to make a recommendation today. I actually have one. I don't know if you do too, um, but I have a new practice that I, I want to share with everybody. First of all, I've been really trying to exercise more. It's really good for my, not just my body, but for my head. Um, and every morning I go for a walk and um, just, to, just to start the day to get some exercise. And the first thing that I do on my walk is listen to the daily podcast by Broadway Radio, uh, which is updated daily and is like, you know, 20 minutes of what's going on in the industry. Um, I don't know if other people feel this way, but I know that sometimes I feel really overwhelmed at, at knowing what's going on in the biz while I am living my life teaching my classes, directing my shows. And it's like a really great way just to get a little check-in with some Broadway folk to kind of run down the news of the day um, without me having to go to playbill.com or, or, or any of the other resources that I have. I can just put them in my ears. I get a little update of what's happening. And I feel like since doing that, I've got a much better idea of not just the big news about what's announced its opening, but like you know, casting changes and, and, and a little nuanced things that what's happening in some off-Broadway theaters. It's been like a really good part of my daily ritual that I, I have found not only enjoyable, but actually informative. I love that. That is, I, I, it is part of my daily practice as well. You walking do? the oh, dog. It's the, yeah. it's the perfect walking the dog podcast. Yeah. I have, I have that relationship with several podcasts, but, um, Certainly the daily ones, um, I, it's a great, that's a great one. Um, I did not really think about this, but I will say I did, you know, in a 
place of vulnerability, but an in, in interest of like sharing, um, this summer I began a weekly therapist session. Good for you. Um, which is so great because I just feel like I never, I, I thought about it. I, you know, I have colleagues, friends who, who have their therapist, their person, um, and it's been wonderful. And I have like homework to do and, you know, I'm always in a state of learning, um, but I have found that it has uh, completely kind of changed my life in a way, like just wow. made me really rethink through things and um i certainly don't feel as overwhelmed as i think i have in the past um and you know i'm not putting all of my eggs in that basket but it is it is something that is just feels like it needs to be destigmatized you know like even therapists see therapists and right. <laughs> um there's there's something about um somebody who is not in your circles um, giving you perspective and giving you um, some some good ideas about ways to approach a uh, problem or a a wall or you know um, I don't know I, I think it's just changed everything for me I'm like I see things in through different colored glasses I'm like oh yeah this this is this and I I always thought I was an optimistic think I'm an optimistic and happy person. Um, but I think that without necessarily unpacking traumas, that there's actually some really good things um, that are being born from this time. Um, so that's I, my recommendation. That's a great <laughs> recommendation. I literally wrote it down. So can I ask how, are you seeing this person in person or are you doing it virtually? I'm doing it virtually. In fact, and they do not sponsor us, but I went through, um, but maybe they will, uh, better help. <laughs> betterhelp.com and they have this it's a really great platform it's very uh secure and you are having i have weekly meetings and can contact my person throughout the week if that's something of interest um we have a sort of standing standing meeting on the book and yeah it's just wonderful it's just Thank like you. a, a uh, you know they they match you up with somebody that is a good uh fit for you and for me this was like both regional in terms of like being in Pennsylvania as well as um LGBTQIA plus uh identifying and so that has been really great um and yeah I don't know there's just something it's a nice little seasoning to the mix of like the the life being you know when someone asks me like oh like how are things and and if you're if your only response is things are crazy or like <laughs> you know i'm i'm drowning kind of but smiling through it it's like it actually is really important to to have the opportunity to talk to somebody that's awesome good for you that, that that's that's great um well, I'm excited about this semester of the podcast. We've got some really cool guests lined up, which we probably shouldn't announce because things tend to 
fall apart and move around. But like, I think our listeners are going to get a lot out of hearing some new voices on our podcast. And, and, and again, like we say all the time, not don't just recommend us to a friend, but shoot us an email and tell us what you'd like us to talk about or, or if there are issues or questions or specific uh, musical theater educators you'd love to hear from. We always want to hear from our listeners. So great. And I'm looking forward to, um, adding in more opportunities for you and I to speak about particular topics, right? So like, right. if if there's some topic that is up in the air, let's uh, break it down and then, yeah. um, I don't know, see what happens. Yeah, cool. Well, it's great to see you. Thank you for doing this podcast Good with me so too. I have a chance to connect with you. And uh, let's, uh, off to another season, semester three of Carefully Taught, teaching musical theater with Maddie and Kikau. The Maddie and Geek Out Podcast Show. The Maddie and Geek Out Show. The Maddie and Geek Out Podcast Show. Music for Carefully Taught was provided by Joshua Haig. For more information, visit joshuahaigmusic.com.